getting murdered. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record, hope got another surface. Hey, welcome back to the seventh episode of Culper's Canteen Cup. We hope everybody is maintaining out there, you know, COVID free and enjoying your little quarantine and self isolation. Thanks for your time, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the episode from last week. Kind of leads into this one. As usual, I'm getting used to that intro by Carlton Zeus, Alpha Child, off the album Nine Lives, Three Wives. Check him out at carltonzeus.com or iTunes. Okay, canteeners, as usual, got a good episode. I'm really excited about it. I've taken some beta blockers, stacked that with some amphetamines to uh, enhance my performance. But before I kick it over to Josh, I want to plug a uh, very special guy. He's He's a veteran author. He's on Amazon. His name's Ryan King. He's actually a best-selling author. He's written dozens of public and he's written dozens of books. He's published in a variety of genres. He's a retired lieutenant colonel. He had a great career, man. He was over in Europe, Africa, the Middle East. He's got some real interesting perspectives on stuff. He, you know, it's kind of topical because he writes a lot of post-apocalyptic, you know, dystopian thrillers, historical short stories. You ought to head over to Amazon and check out Ryan King. My personal favorite story, I think it would be Josh's favorite story, too, is a short one called Redneck Reunion. And I bet you Josh's wife would really get a kick out of that. So check out Ryan King. And, uh, you know, we had some responses on Facebook to a poll we had up last week. So, uh, Josh, why don't you go over that? All right. Thanks, Luke. I appreciate it. Yeah, so we threw up a poll real quick. We know everybody's, you know, isolating, quarantined, whatever. Um, you know, that that in itself is difficult. Um, everybody's probably finished up everything on Netflix and Hulu um, and all the other uh, streaming services by now. And, uh, you know, there's nothing really left on TV. And, you know, the noticeable uh, thing that's absent on TV is sports, especially it's baseball. You know, it's baseball season. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but big baseball fan, like I love watching baseball. I know a lot of people find it boring, but loved it ever since I was a kid. And, uh, now I'm kind of, you know, definitely, definitely missing out on it. So 68% of you said it's time to bring sports back. Um, 31% of you said that, uh, nope, they, uh, it's too early. It's too soon. People might get sick. Grandma might die. Well, we don't want, we don't want grandma dying. Um, so that kind of got us talking right over here at the cup. We were, you know, sitting around BSing, talking about it. And then uh, the Houston Astros came up, um, you know, as we were talking about sports and what's in the news. And, you know, granted, it's about, you know, maybe a month, month and a half old um, where they, uh, the baseball commissioner finally uh, came out and said, uh, Rob Manfred um, came out and said that, they were not going to punish any of the players. They suspended the uh, the manager and the general manager. They fined the team itself five million dollars, um, but none of the players were disciplined for for stealing signs, um, which absolutely game you know changed the the, the outcomes of games. Um, you know, and they went on to to win the uh, win the World Series. You know, they're they're not going to lose their be stripped of their title, and so that kind of led you know segued into some other things about okay, well, what else? If we're not going to punish people for that, then what else is there? We you know, what are we going to punish people for? What are we not going to punish people for? And you know, attached to the Houston Astros thing was a letter that uh you know that the legendary Pete Rose. Um, you know, wrote uh, baseball, major league baseball commissioner, and you know, basically petitioned him to you know lift the ban on on Pete and uh, 
you know, put him back on the on the ballot for for the Hall of Fame. So we've definitely got some opinions here today. Um, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk, you know, performance enhancing drugs, cheating, what's right, what's wrong, you know, who belongs in the hall of fame, who belongs in, you know, whatever the, you know, the, the top level of their, their sport, whether we're talking Lance Armstrong, whether we're talking, you know, Mark McGuire, whether we're talking to anybody. Um, so I'm going to kick it over to Roger. I want to get his thoughts on, uh, you know, kind of on, on where, we're at, where he's at with uh, performance enhancing uh, drugs and, uh, you know, who do people like that belong in the Hall of Fame? Do they do they not? So I'll kick it over to Roger. Thanks, Josh. Uh, you know, let me let me take it one step, uh, you know, back. Uh, talk about the Houston Astros. He said they were fined, what, five million dollars? So, and I forget who said this. So I'm, I'm taking this this quote from somebody. It's not even a quote, but you know, this statement from somebody. But basically, if you could be suspended for a year and pay five million dollars to win the World Series or, or the National Championship or whatever that trophy is for the sport that you play, and win that every other year or win that every three years, you're like, yeah, I cheat every year, right? And so, you know, it kind of goes with that that punishment fitting the crime and and. I'm not a fan of the NCAA, but uh, that's that's another whole segment all in itself. But one thing that the NCAA does well is, is punishment, which is you know one that's <laughs> part of my. It's ironic because it's part of my beef with the NCAA, but uh, they are really good at punishment. You know, it's like hey, if you're found cheating, especially with recruiting, right? Uh, you know, you hear about it all the time on the collegiate level. You know, if you have a a stain on your recruiting program, uh, you're going to vacate victories. I mean, Louisville vacated uh, a national championship, right? So, you know, the NCAA does a great job of that because you do have to have some deterrence there. Hey, you know, as a when you talk about your Bayheims and your Patinos and, you know, these Hall of Fame coaches, the deterrence that, hey, I might have to vacate 200 wins. Uh, I may have to vacate some 20-win seasons. I may have to vacate some, uh, you know, national championships. And the impact that has to recruiting – well, that's the deterrence. That's at the collegiate level, and they still cheat. All right, don't get me wrong. They they just they cheat better, I guess, so you don't get caught. But you know, there there's some deterrence that to prevent most of your folks uh, from doing that at the pro level or any level, and, and specifically with baseball, five million dollars, really? I mean, you know, to me and you and us three sitting here, uh, five million dollars life changing, right? That, that that would set me up for the rest of my life. It set me up for my kids, uh, you know, all that good stuff. To major a major league baseball franchise, I can't imagine uh, five million dollars a lot more than you know change that I find in my jean pockets or uh, you know my couch cushions. So you know that that's my first take on on the Houston thing is um, you know the, the crime has got to you know the punishment's got to fit the crime and at five million dollars and and I don't I mean was anybody suspended? Nobody was suspended, right? Because they granted immunity to the players, correct? Yeah, nobody was uh, nobody was suspended. They only suspended. I mean, they 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 fired the manager and the and the general manager. That was it. None of the players received punishment. So everybody knew what was going on, right? You fire the guy in charge because, like, okay, optics. We're firing the guy in charge, which you know. And I didn't follow as much as as, as what the GM knew. I mean, did was the GM fully aware of it, or is it just because he was the GM and they kicked him out? Yeah, I don't know that the GM was fully aware of it. Um, I didn't. Uh, if, if he, if if they were, I didn't read that. Um, you know, but it, it 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 harkens back to, you know, the New England Patriots, right? St- you know, <laughs> stealing signs. You know, what I, and I don't know what punishment they got, if well, any. Um, I think maybe Bill Belichick had to give up, you know, a couple of his, uh, you know, 
sweatshirts that he cut the arms off of or something. I don't know. So, so the punishment fee and the crime, that's a, that's a good point, Roger. Um, with the NCAA, I think that they, they do have it right in some ways, but the question is, how does that translate to the pros? Right? So yeah, the SMU teams, we've all seen the SMU team, um, with that, uh, jerk weed. What was his name? The running back. Craig, uh, Oh, I knew you talking. I mean, I can't think. Yeah. Of his son went to Texas tech and got Mike Leach fired. I forever hold a grudge, but anyway, so with SMU, they completely buried that program. Right. They completely buried it. So, you know, SMU is not a big school anyway. It's private. They've got a lot of money anyway. Right. So it's not going to, it does impact. They do feel it, but when a program is completely gone, you know, that you, that, how does that translate to the pros? You know, okay. So Houston stole signs. That means, for the next uh, five years, you have the last draft pick, you know, you have to vacate the wins and, you know, you have, you know, you can hamstring them in so many ways. The problem is that'll never happen because then when your team starts sucking, you are, I mean, it's a pro organization. It's a for-profit enterprise. So the punishment fitting the crime in the pros is, I don't think it's ever going to be, we're going to make sure that you are hamstrung for the next six seasons like they like they will do in the NCAA, where it can end the, effectively end the program. So that is an interesting thing, you know. I mean, how could you translate that to the pros? I, I don't know. Well, I think baseball, and somebody can correct me. I mean, I'm, I might be a little dated with this. I think baseball, the last time I remember, was one of the only sports left that did not do equal profit sharing across the league. Now I could be wrong, so if I'm wrong, somebody can gurgle that shit and you know correct me or whatever. So the way you hamstring them is, hey. When you, you know, it's taking money out of their pocket, right? So when you say you're not playing in the postseason for the next five years, now you start talking about attendance and whether it's profit, you know, whether it's equal profit sharing or not, let's say, let's say I'm wrong. Okay. Cause if I'm right, it's easy. Hey man, you just missed out on some postseason games. I mean, you're missing millions of dollars. Uh, and if there is equal profit sharing, then you say, you know what the league, I mean, I guess in a sense, you'd have to do some, some advanced math with it, but Hey, the league will continue on receiving their share you're going to have a reduced share to recoup that loss in revenue or, or whatever that the other teams would have done. So you can absolutely do it. And I don't think, it, I, I think the three of us could actually sit down with an hour uh, if we had the numbers and work out punishment. I mean, the, the punishment is, is money, right? You just have yeah. money because, you know, like you said, you, you throw out the draft picks. Hey, you got the, you know, hey, maybe you don't have a draft pick this year, um, you know, or it's last or what have you. And then, oh, by the way, you're suspended for three or four years, depending on the crime uh, from postseason play. Okay, now we're not talking about five million dollars. You know, now we're talking about a hundred million dollars, two hundred dollars. But then the fans are being punished, like SMU fan. Well, right? you should support a shitty team that cheats, New England. <laughs> but they, the fans didn't know they were cheating. The fans didn't know they were cheating. The fans were just, you know, had this blanket over their eyes, like, "Hey, I've got a really good team. Holy crap, Mark McGuire's on our team. He just slammed all these home runs." They don't give a shit. But you know, the fan gets well, punished when you hand well, down. What do you think, Josh? Well, you know what? I mean, you know, the fan, yeah, the fans are going to get punished too. But I mean, you know, if you don't want your kids to hate you, don't be shitty parents. Like it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty simple, you know? And the fans are still getting the same number of games, you know? So, you know, minus the postseason, which is not guaranteed to anybody for some teams that never see it anyway. So, you know, from the fan aspect, uh, you know, you're still getting the same number of games. Just guess what? You're not going to postseason play anytime soon. Here, here's what drives me nuts, right? And, and so it's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing in the military. You know, you see somebody, two people, they commit a they 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 commit a crime, 
one person gets punished and the other person gets, you know, don't do that again, but they're allowed to go on about their way. Right. And that typically depends upon their, you know, their rank position title or, you know, what they, what they do for a living inside the military. But again, man, uh, I'm going to go back to Pete Rose and it pisses me off. It pisses me off. You have Pete Rose, right? AKA Charlie hustle. This guy, it didn't matter if he hit a ground ball to the third baseman it didn't matter if he drove one into the gap in left center. That guy was running the same speed, right? That guy was always on the field, always hustling. He hustled every single play. That guy brought back the head first slide. When people are like, no, nah, man, you got to slide feet first so you don't get hurt. Whatever Pete Rose is like, fuck that. I'm sliding head first because that's how he played, right? You look at you, you look at his numbers. The guy, the numbers are insane, right? He's a 17-time All-Star, World Series MVP, three World Series, three batting titles. He has the most at-bats of any player with over 14,000 most played career games, most season of 200 plus hits. He's the only player with 500 games at five different positions. This dude played five different positions, 500 games each. And, you know, he's a career 300, over 300 hitter, over 4,200 hits. And all because this guy bet on his team and he didn't even bet to lose. He didn't throw the game. The guy was still out there hustling. Even as a manager, he didn't make moves as a manager to make his team lose. He was just on the side, man. He was like, yeah. I was gambling on the, you know, betting on my team. And everybody knew back in the 70s, Pete Rose had a gambling problem, right? And here you are in 1989 when the Dowd report came out and Bart Giamatti, the commissioner at the time, is like, you are hereby banned for life. But then you have these pieces of shit who come out and use performance enhancing drugs and they're like, yeah, I use them, whatever, no big deal. And people are like, well, they should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I was like what? Like what the fuck? The the disparity in the punishment is what drives me nuts. It absolutely fucking drives me nuts. So on the on the Pete Rose thing, and kind of give everybody some background, right? Uh, I think everybody kind of knows overarching, and then once you get into the weeds, you know, you find out some more info. Because I think prior to this podcast, I was one hundred percent with you, Josh, on the Pete Rose thing. So, but at the end of the day, he bet on fifty two games, from what they can tell, and I think what he admitted to. Um, later on and going back to the report uh, and it's right out of the report there was no evidence that he bet against his team so now again I don't know what what they're saying is that you should bet against your team and not bet on your team to win or how that works out as far as coaching goes but you know hey you you bet on your team to win I'm not sure you know I get it it's a slippery slope right but you know, the guy bet on his team to win. There obviously wasn't anything in there, performance enhancing or whatever. It's not like there was anything in there as far as point shaving or anything I heard of. The only thing that uh, changes my mind a little bit, and I was I was 100% on board with, with Josh for, for years. One thing, they knew that the, the incoming commissioner, I mean, he's got a personal vendetta, right, against Pete Rose. They don't get along. They don't like each other. He's going to hate him the day he dies, what have you. And a lot of people are suspecting that that's the reason for it. But when this whole thing first started, you got to remember, they, they started an investigation um, and they ended up going to a court up in Ohio because uh, I think initially he didn't show up and they were saying, hey, you're going to hold this thing down in North Carolina somewhere. Not a whole lot of uh, Cincinnati fans out there. 
you know, so let's, let's bring it back home. So anyway, there's basically an agreement that he has. So on 24 August 1989, he has an agreement to be placed on the permanently ineligible list as long as baseball doesn't come back around and uh, open up a gambling investigation. So they're not going to pursue the gambling investigation. He agrees to go on the permanent ineligible list. Now, contrary to the title itself, and this wasn't in the agreement, but baseball rules itself themselves say once you go on the permanent list, and I'm taking this from, uh, I believe it's an ESPN article, that one year later you can relook to be moved off of the permanent list. So I'm not really sure how the permanent thing works there um, because you can look to be removed. But he agreed to go on that list, and my assumption would be that him and his legal team said, well, that's not in our agreement, but baseball's rules say a year down the road we can apply to be reinstated. And going back to I think I was only able to find uh, like really a one-sentence thing uh, from Giamatti that was like – wasn't in the agreement to be taken off the list. And that's where he leaves out. Now, obviously a total cop-out, right, uh, as far as his statement. But at the same time, I say, dude, you went in, and I get it, uh, but you went in and, and agreed to a, a legal agreement that said that you're going on this list. I get that, man. And Giamatti said, you know, when he came out, he was like, hey, he basically, that's a basic, you know, that's you going into court and saying no contest, right, to the, you know, to the allegations, Right. And Pete Rose is like, all right, yeah, I'll go on the, you know, the, the ineligible list. Um, but I think that the atmosphere at the time, Pete Rose like knew like, OK, this is, you know, like, hey, man, people probably aren't going to take too kindly to this. Um, I, you know, it, I'm going to let sleeping dogs lie. But times have changed, man. Like with the, you know, the 90s started the steroids era. It went into the late 90s, you know, with the yeah. home run chase. It went into, you know, the early 2000s. And now if you... People are literally making arguments for those guys to be allowed into the Hall of Fame. Well, well, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Did Pete Rose cheat? Did he cheat? He violated the rules, but did he cheat? You know, based on what Roger said, we'll assume that's true, that he only bet on his team to win. Is that cheating? I would say it's not. Okay? I'd say it's a violation of the rules, but it's not cheating. Yeah? Now, on the other hand, if it clearly states you cannot take these scheduled substances, and you take them, I mean, can we all agree right now that that's, that's cheating? I mean, that's cheating, right? Gives oh, you an unfair advantage. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm with Josh, and it's like, I'm going to let him go on his rant. But, yeah, it's like, okay, one's cheating, one's a violation of the rules. There's a difference, right? Is there? Well, I mean, it goes back to, like, uh, you know, let's go beyond cheating. Let's look at OJ, right? You know, everybody knows what happened with OJ, so – it goes back to other sports as well, where you say, does other conduct that doesn't affect the play of the game, like you said, cheating, should that determine whether you're in the Hall of Fame, you know, or whatever their, you know, their equivalent is? You know, if there if there are civil charges, right? Uh, if you go off and you do some heinous activities personally, does that affect the, the statistics that you put up or the wins that you achieved? Well, is Michael, I, is Michael Jackson in the Music Hall of Fame? I don't know. Right. So here, so I looked up the hall of fame voting rules, right? So they changed here. I forget when they did it, but they changed the hall of fame voting rules, but here, 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 and I quote voting shall be based upon record ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character, and comp contributions to the game. Now, the original definition character was not in there. They went back and added it, right? So now here we get into here we get into a larger argument. You know, it's like okay, character, 
what what kind of character you know do you have if you use you know performance enhancing drugs? What does that say about your character? I I don't know. Here's what I do know. I have zero issue with people taking performance enhancing drugs or utilizing you know HGH, you know antibody, whatever to help them recover from injuries, right? They're on a prescription. Their doctor is like, Hey, I'm going to give you HGH, right? We're going to get your knee back healthy. We're going to get your back back out. I have zero, zero issue with that. When you are doing it on the side to give yourself an advantage over other players and only you benefit from that. And it changes the outcome of a game. Then I have a problem with it. And I don't think you belong in the hall of fame, right? I don't. It, it, I just. I, I don't think you do because you are negating everything that all those other guys and girls are doing natural, right? They're putting in the work. You're negating all that. You're telling them. You know, you're you're basically putting yourself ahead of them. And I don't. I, I just. I. I don't think that speaks to the you know your the integrity or the character of of you as a person. So let me ask you, let me ask you this along those lines, uh, Josh, and I'll throw this to you, Luke, about it. So with baseball, you need 298 votes, right, to, to be voted into the Hall of Fame. And you have to have uh, at least a 5% vote to stay on the ballot every year. So when you look at PEDS and, and when you look at even Pete Rose, I think it is a little bit different because with Pete Rose, I think there's no doubt in my mind that if you put him on the ballot, he's in the Hall of Fame. So should we just not let the voters decide? Let them all go in there and it's like, hey. If you, and this will go into some interesting stats that I have that as we start going into the PED uh, discussion, but is the answer to put them on the ballot? Or, you know, I am more of an agrees with Josh. Hey, you actually disqualify yourself from being on the ballot because of those reasons. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, um, well, I don't know if I agree, but I I think that you should put them on the ballot. That's that's where I stand um, with Pete Rose. What I, I want to... Coming back to Josh uh, and just kind of clarify, get your thought process because I don't know it exactly. So uh, I, I, I'm I'm with you as far as the recovery, you know, uh, surgeries, things like that. Now let me throw this situation at you. You know, a few years ago in the NFL, as more than a few years ago, but uh, you know, in the off season, you weren't tested. You weren't tested in the off season. It wasn't year round testing. So these guys would go out and use. Okay, obviously getting huge, getting fast. I mean, it was, it was a problem. So now, you know, the, you know, the baseball thing happened, everybody clamped down on it. year round testing. Now let's say a guy doesn't get picked up for in the draft. He doesn't get picked up. He's not signed, but he's almost there. He high, you know, he's not in the NFL. He hires some trainers. He goes to a bunch of doctors and he gets on the steroid cocktail, human growth hormone, all that stuff. He gets to a place where he tries out, the next year becomes a free agent and somebody picks him up. Uh, he goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something. Now that guy got there by using steroids, by using performance enhancing drugs. But at the time he was using it, he wasn't breaking any rules. Right. So, so how do you feel about that? Cause that, that happens all the time. That's how these guys get into it. I don't necessarily have uh, you know, uh, personally, I don't have a larger, you know, I don't have a big issue with that. Right. So, you know, it's off season. It's not against the rules. It's me. It's my, you know, I'm going to, you know, my body, my choice type thing. Um, you know, if you want to, by all means, man, you know, do it. But once, but once you are playing, once you are in the game, 
right? At that point, you you should not in any way, shape, or form outside of, you know, in, in, you know recovery be allowed to use them. You know, you just – it does it. It cheapens it, it, it cheapens the game. It cheapens that. You know, it changes the outcome. And, and really, here's my, here's my thing. Here's my, here's my thing with it. You look at Pete Rose. That guy was out there hustling every day. Every day that guy was on the field, man, he was hustling. He, you know, first one there, last one to leave. Oh, you know, running out grounders, running out fly balls that he knew were going to get caught. Right. But people here, this goes to speak to the larger issue of society. People don't want to see that shit. People want to come see moonshots in the McCovey Cove. Right. They want to come see somebody hit a fucking baseball 500 feet. That's what they want to see. Nobody wants to come see the guy who works hard. But what do we tell our kids? Hey, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You want it? You fucking show up. You show up and you work for it. You work hard for it. So what are we doing now? We're turning around and telling everybody, no, fuck that work hard stuff, dude. That dude not getting in the Hall of Fame. These dudes over here with the 17-inch forearms, with the fucking skull that grows a quarter size, right? These are the guys getting in the Hall of Fame. So you don't need to work hard. You don't need to show up to practice. Practice. We talking about practice. I'm talking about the game, right? I just need to stick a needle in my ass, get a little bit of flaxseed oil from Balco, and I'm good, man. I don't need to fucking work hard because that's what we're telling people when we allow these fuck sticks like Bonds and McGuire and Sosa and fucking Rafael Palmeira. When we say, yeah, they should be in the Hall of Fame, they're on the fucking ballot. Their votes, their percentage votes have gone up from 30 into the 50s percent. They only say one or two, 60 percent. You only need 75 percent of the vote to get into the Hall of Fame. But that's what we're telling. That's the message that we're sending. We're telling people, you don't have to fucking work hard anymore. Just stick a needle in your ass and you're good. Oh, yeah, and by the way, I hate your participation pro- trophy. That's fucking stupid. But then we're telling them, no, you're good, bro. You don't need to fucking work hard. What the fuck are we doing? So let me put you on the spot here, Josh, because I can see you're fired up about this. So, <laughs> no. It, you know, real deep into our Fed's <laughs> discussion. So, you know, they just had the, uh, I say just, I, I guess it was back in what January, the Hall of Fame voting. And, uh, number one, Derek Jeter, no brainer, right? First year on the ballot, 396 votes, 99.7% of the votes. My first question, and I totally go off the rails here, like who the fuck didn't vote him on the ballot or, you know, in the hall of fame? Like who's that's, a great, that's a great question. Right. Um, Larry Walker, 10th year on the ballot. Uh, you can only be on there what 10 years, I think, uh, before you yep. fall off, he got 76.6%. Uh, the votes above the 75. So I think everybody kind of knew, which is dumb anyway. So you no longer play. We didn't vote you in years one through nine, but the 10th year, you're now good enough to vote into the, to the Hall of Fame. So whatever. Another thing. So let me put you on the spot with, with some of these other cats. Um, Roger Clemens. So those are the only two that got voted in. Roger Clemens, right? 61% of the vote, 242 votes. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? No. Barry Bonds, he was next, number five. Uh, just behind him, should he be in the Hall of Fame? An emphatic fucking no. Manny Ramirez. Nope. Sammy Sosa. No, Sammy Sosa. Did, did they do they vote in English? Because Sammy Sosa in front of Congress when they went and testified in front of Congress, this motherfucker had an interpreter and his lawyer, and all of a sudden Sammy Sosa doesn't fucking obli anymore. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Andy Pettit. Nope. So then let me ask you this, and I'll pose this to the group. So does it matter if he actually tested positive or admitted to it versus being implicated? And it's a loaded question. Absolutely. 
No, I know it's a loaded question because a lot of those guys were never uh, there. There was there's zero evidence actually proving that they took steroids. Right. So I know it's a loaded question. Right. So and it goes back to, you know, are you guilty because of an accusation? Or are you guilty because you were convicted of, a you know, convicted of a crime? I absolutely I absolutely get that. Um, you know, Rafael Palmero sat in front of Congress, said, hold on. And I quote, I have never used steroids, period. <laughs> I don't know a clearer way to say it. And then what happened five months later? What happened was motherfucker tested positive for steroids. So he had a positive test. Again, man, you go back and look at it. Mark McGuire had 17 inch fucking forearms. His forearms were as thick as my neck. And all of a sudden, now look at Mark McGuire now. Mark McGuire looks like a cancer patient. Which he did admit that he used it. So let me let me throw this out to Luke, and let me run down some of these names here to kind of give you some some context. So Barry Bonds implicated, right? Uh, as far as we know, never tested positive. You know, name came up a million times during a million times during the Balco investigation, uh, but never tested positive, never uh, admitted to it, which is implicated through testimony. Um, and I'll just highlight some of the big names. Uh, Jose Canseco, he admitted to it, obviously. Uh, one of the ones who started off that everybody's like, ah, he's full of shit. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, we, what do you mean these athletes use steroids? Then you have uh, Roger Clemens, who was named in the report, the Mitchell report. Um, but I don't think he ever admitted to it, and nor did he test positive. Now, now, granted, now a lot of this stuff, if they do test positive, it's just not made public, right? Because of medical records. And there's an A sample and a B sample, or whatever. So I'll just go, unless there's something that's come out updated or, or whatever, never tested positive. Uh, Lenny Dykstra, implicated, never tested positive. Um, you know, implicated in a report. Uh, Eric Gagne, name in the Mitchell report. Jason Giambi, admitted. Uh, so he comes right out. Mark McGuire doesn't admit until 2010. Uh, then he comes out after very similar to what Josh was saying. No, no, I never did it. Well, I remember his testimony in front of Congress. I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm here to talk about the future, right? Uh, but in 2010, he admitted, I think it's a nail in his coffin. Uh, David Ortiz, here's interesting, reportedly tested positive. So there, there's some lawyers that are involved, right? Because you get some medical records involved and this and that. So maybe, you know, I don't think he's admitted to it, but reportedly tested positive. Rafael Palmero clearly tested positive. Andy Pettit admitted. Uh, Manny Ramirez, shit, he was suspended. So you know his ass tested positive. Uh, and then Alex Rodriguez, Rodriguez admitted, and finally Gary Sheffield admitted. Uh, Sammy Sosa implicated. Never tested positive. Um, and never admitted to it. I'm just reading through this thing to make sure it didn't come out later on. So, Luke, so let me ask you. I mean, let me pose that question to you versus who we think probably took steroids versus, hey, you, you admitted to it or you tested positive. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so we're talking, we're talking about admitted, suspended, a positive, admitted versus suspended with a positive test, you know, so they did do it versus implicated versus we just know i mean we're all you come on we know you know we know what you're doing so we're talking about those few things to answer your question real quick you know as as much as i hate to say it even though we all know and we're all being played for fools there has to be at least a solid implication like this guy at least something to tie them to balco or whatever you know, now the we just know part. Yeah, we're all being played for fools. But come on, man. I mean, we can't 
we can't go on that. But let me ask you this, Josh, real quick, yes or no answer. Is it too early to talk about Lance Armstrong? No, not at all. Okay, because I got a lot to say about that. Now we yeah. talked about Mark we talked about Mark McGuire, you know, and he, he denied, 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 and then he got up there and said something. It's a big joke, and we know he was being leaned on really hard. But I gotta give him a little bit of credit, Vice Lance Armstrong. To give you a little bit of background, I used to I was pretty serious into racing bicycles um, back in high school, a little bit in college. I was I was okay, you know. Uh, Lance Armstrong was from Dallas and, uh, we, we went to a lot of the same races and he was so good. You know, he was clean. This is back when he was 18 years old. He was clean. He was so much better than the rest of us. And we all knew back then before a superstardom, this guy's going to go somewhere. You know, we all knew he was really good and he, he really was, he's very special. One of those once in a lifetime type athletes you see. And what, another thing about the cycling world is it is, has been since the ninth, literally since the 1930s, it's been the worst sport with PEDs, with performance enhancing drugs. It is the worst one. Every one of those guys out in the field, if they're finishing in the top half of the Tour de France, which is everybody, everybody knows what that is. If they're finishing in the top half, they're taking something, usually something to thicken the blood, some amphetamine, probably some testosterone. And everybody within the community knows that. Your layperson doesn't know that. They just think it's clean. These are great athletes. So Lance Armstrong comes around and just blows everybody out of the water. Now, the thing is, I never really cared whether he was on drugs or not, because I knew the whole field was. I didn't care. It's just something we didn't talk about. Now, he tests positive, you know, and he's implicated. like, I've never done it. I've never done it. People are coming out against him. And he completely went down the wrong path. You know, the Livestrong organization was a good thing, did a lot of good for a lot of people. But instead of swallowing the pill, he continued to deny and he completely shit canned his entire legacy. Now, what he should have done was the Mark McGuire route of admitting it and saying, look, I made a mistake. I am here to clean up the sport because people probably would have listened to him if he would have just fallen on his sword and said, look, yes, I did it. I felt the pressure to do it. But guess what? Everyone else is. And I want to clean up the sport now. Now I'm the face of cleaning up sports, but he didn't do that. He got let his pride get in the way. Now it's important to note that if the entire field was field was clean back in the day, Tour de France, when he was winning, he still would have won. Okay. So that's kind of my rant about Lance Armstrong is just, dude, if you know, swallow your pride, admit you did it, help clean up the sport. We all know you did it anyway. Well, that's the thing, and that's my. It's one of my biggest issues as well. Is, dude, I don't need, I don't need a you know a failed a, a positive test. I don't need to find them in your locker. When you you go back, look at Barry Bonds in the nineteen ninety one National League Series, National League Division Series game where Barry Bonds tried to throw out Sid Bream, and Sid Bream, you know these these slowest fucking player in baseball at the time the dude had like he had more knee replacements than carter had liver pills and you know barry bonds couldn't throw him out and barry bonds out in left field for the pirates that dude was like maybe 180 pounds soaking wet you look at barry bonds in his final season you know final couple seasons with the giants barry bonds is you know he's like 260 and he's all muscle you're like bro you did not spend that much time in the weight room you didn't you know, 
And he, the thing was, man, he didn't need that. He was a great player. He was a great athlete before that. He didn't have to do it. So you can absolutely tell. You can absolutely look at people and you're like, I know what you're doing. I may not have some, you know, a, a positive test to prove it, but I know what you're doing. And again, you turn around and these guys, you know, everybody got eight. Dude, Alex Rodriguez, Katie Kirk, 60 minutes. First interview, he's like, oh, no, that, that wasn't me, man. No. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't do it. And then finally in 2009, A-Rod does another interview. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> and you go back and look at his body language from the first interview. You know, looking at his body language from the first interview, you know, you're like, bro, I know. Like, I know you're lying. Like, I absolutely know you're lying. Right. But just based off your body language alone. And then he's like, well, I only use them for 2001 to 2003. Like, okay. So. How do I know you're telling the truth now? You so know? I'll tell you, I take the exact opposite uh, stance on this. So first of all, I think for the guys and gals that cheated, right, uh, that admitted it, tested positive for it, that's a no-brainer. I, I don't think you, you I don't think it belong in the Hall of Fame. You cheated this and that. The problem that I have is I think you need to make it as objective as possible. And, and I disagree with the way uh, Lance Armstrong handled it because what he should have done was just shut his pie hole and gone away. Because here's the bottom line. If I didn't test positive and you don't have a positive test for me, I give two shits what you think. <laughs> two shits. Because I tell you, it's all about objective measurement. Because once you get into it, we know what you're doing. Now, let's get real, right? We know what they're doing. I got it. But here's the thing. Then test for it. Catch them. That's how you do it. Because once we get into this, hey, we know what you're doing. Well, now it's subjective. So, hey, we just know what you're so, so here's the thing. If, it's, if you have a subjective measurement, then why even test? We just know what you're doing. Hey, your head grew a half inch. Guess what? That's, uh, you know, that's steroids, that's some growth hormones, this and that. So I think when it comes to like the Lance Armstrong piece, because until he came out and admitted it, so he tested positive uh, about four times for steroid use. Uh, but the problem was, I think it was for cortisol or whatever, and the levels were low enough that it was within the whatever, right? And he, was, he had a doctor, you know, now it's all coming out, but he had a doctor backdate the prescription, it was for saddle sore, yada, yada, yada. But at the time, there were no positive tests. I think he had one positive test on the A sample and the B sample like disappeared, right? So we all know how to drink that shit, but that disappeared. But that's my whole stance with all of this is catch him. If you don't have a positive test or a, you know, a credible eyewitness that I shot him up, right? I don't even want to hear about it. Right, like, ain't got me on videotape still in no boxes. And you know what? And that videotape better be clear as day. Because if that shit's grainy, <laughs> if that shit's grainy, I don't know. It looked a lot like you, Roger. You reverting back to your Sears school training? Be like, that ain't me. That ain't nope, me? I don't, dude, that ain't me. I don't know who that dude is. He might look, but it ain't me. But, yeah, that, that blue Nike shirt? Yeah, Nike made five made of them that year to make some money. So I don't know who so, that is. But here's me, the thing, though. Go ahead. Here's here's the thing, though. Sports can't turn around and say, you know what? I think you're doing this. I'm testing you. This ain't the military, man. You can't do fucking command directed. You know why? Fucking players unions. The players union will be up your ass in a heartbeat. And the last thing that any sport wants, dude, the last thing they want is to be drugged into a fucking courtroom by the players union. Yep. And that's and uh, we'll save unions for another for for another time. But that's why you just can't say fuck it. We'll just test for it. 
Well, fuck, man, that takes so that that process takes so long. You got to get the players union on board. You got to get all the fucking legal shit. Hey, fucking, hey, man, you show up to the ballpark for you know fucking batting practice. Be like, hey, bro, by the way, surprise, surprise, your analysis. You got to go fucking stand in line and pee in a cup, right? That's not how that fucking works. So it's not as easy as just well, we'll just fucking just fucking test for it. It's not it's not that fucking simple. Right, but you're describing you... a different problem, though. At that point, you've got to deal with that collective bargaining agreement. My whole point is you need to have some type of objective measurement because if not, then why even test? That's 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 the hard part, though, with with uh, some of these drugs that these uh, athletes are using, depending on the sport. Uh, one of Lance Armstrong's things um, was the EPO, you know, a blood thickener, right? They didn't have a way to test for that for a very long time, and and the 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 commission was 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 behind because that's a that's a complex test. It's hard to detect, and you definitely can't test like now they're testing blood volume and stuff. You know, for actual blood doping, where you take out a pint, and then, you know, the week before and put it in the day of. So these athletes are always going to try to stay ahead of the curve. I bet if you asked every general manager in their heart, hey, what do you think about performance-enhancing drugs? Could you, if you got away with it, you know, would you want your team to be on them? They'd all say yes because of what Josh said. They want to see, you know, fans want to see them crushing home runs. They want to see them running over. They want to see, you know, uh, running back just completely annihilating a linebacker like Bo Jackson. And, uh, you know, you watch the NBA games from back in the, in the seventies and eighties and the NFL games in the eighties where those guys were all coked up all on amphetamines, every one of them juicing, man, it was fun to watch. It really was, you know, I, it, it was, I, you know, look at, look at, you know, two tall Jones and, and, uh, you know, especially the NBA in the late seventies, early eighties, it was a rough, rough game. So, you know, at a point, you're giving the fans what they want, you know, at, at a point. Still cheating, but it, it's, a, it's a culture thing. They're always going to try to get ahead of it. They're always going to try to be doing it because you take the guy that's making, you know, right out of college, whatever. Uh, he, he's maybe even supporting a family. And you got a difference between making the league minimum, which is still a lot. And if I can just get three more tackles or two more sacks on the season, now I'm making, you know, four million a year. Instead of, you know, you know, 350,000, that guy is going to look for every edge he possibly can. You know, I'm getting away from the uh, from the uh, Hall of Famers and the guys that really stood out and the guys that are just barely hanging on. You know, that's it's 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 a problem because, you know, you're going to look for that edge. You know, not everybody's got the same high moral standards that Josh has. Right. Well, nobody. (laughs) if you're not winning, nobody cares. And, you know, and it's funny because I remember. One of the Tour de France's or whatever that, you know, I guess Lance Armstrong had to give them all up or whatever. But, you know, they couldn't even go to like the number two guy because Floyd Landis tested positive, too. So like you're top two. And I think, you know, you, they're like, hey, we're down to like number six. So like you said, you know, to start this thing off, Luke, you know, do, do we get to the bottom half to find somebody that's clean? And I, I don't even think they declared a winner that year. But it's, um, you know, to kind of wrap up some of this ped stuff, the uh, it's not just the baseball, uh, you know, the football. I mean. When you look at Lance Armstrong, Floyd Landis, uh, you got Ben Johnson, right? The 88 Summer Olympics, remember the Canadian? You got uh, Marion Jones, track and field, five medals in the 2000 Olympics. 2007 admitted she'd been using it. Actually went to jail, right? Went to prison for six months um, because I think they got her actually like on perjury, which is what I think they get most of these folks on, especially with baseball. It was, it was the perjury charge. And no, you did use it. Uh, you know, she was tied to Balco. You've got, uh, you know, Tyson Gay, the 2012 Olympics. So, it's a huge topic. Uh, you know, it definitely transcends all sports. Um, 
you know, I think you could probably, you know, you even get into the golf and you get into tennis and, and some of these, uh, you know, not so high profile sports. And, and it's probably a lot more prolific uh, than, than, you know, what we think it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a tough thing, man, because, uh, you know, uh, there's a there's a really good uh, documentary on this. I'd encourage people to check it out if you found this uh, the least bit entertained called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. It really delves into some of these issues and it kind of changed my mind on a couple of things and the, and the culture behind what keeps this going and why it will always be here. You know, and Josh watched it, too, I think. Right. Yeah, I watched it, and it's pretty it, – absolutely, man. It, it, it's pretty good, and it, it it comes down to this. First, I am no saint, um, right? And I hope my mom's not listening because now she's going to start asking me questions, um, you know. But it comes down to what examples do we want to leave for our kids? What, what, do we, what are we truly telling our kids is okay and what's not okay? That, and that's what it comes down to. Um, so, you know, and, and I'll close out with this, right? Cause I, I'm going to go back to Pete Rose real quick and, and, and fucking Rob Manfred, um, probably, you know, one of the worst baseball commissioners in, in, in baseball. Um, you know, Pete Rose petitioned again in December of 2015 about, you know, being allowed on the ballot. He's not asking to go straight into the hall. Just let my name on the ballot. Right. I mean, his numbers alone are going to get him in, but Manfred denies his request because here's what Manfred had to say. Fucking quote, he, talking about Pete Rose, has not reconfigured his life because he's still betting on baseball in Vegas, right? So Pete Rose is going to the fucking casino. <laughs> you know, he's still fucking placing bets with the bookie, legal bets with the bookies. Manfred's like, well, he's still, he's still betting. I, you know, he's just, he's not a reform, you know, he's like, he's like fucking, you know, Red and Shawshank Redemption, you know, are you rehabilitated? <laughs> you know, what the fuck does that word mean? But Last year, here's what we're talking about. New York and Chicago pro teams, they're talking about putting fucking betting kiosks in the stadiums. So be, you can bet on the game in the stadium, but we won't let fucking Pete Rose in. It makes it easier for the players to be able to go up there and do it. <laughs> right? But we're going to, you know, but we're going to let some of these other fuck sticks in, um, you know, who clearly, who clearly fucking cheated. Um, so anyway, all right, everybody. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you got something out of that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I didn't rant too much. Um, again, we really appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen to us. We know this was a little bit of a long one. Hey, we want you to get over to, uh, to Amazon and check Ryan King out. Luke talked about him at the beginning of the podcast. Check him out. Really think you'll like what he has to, uh, to offer over there. All right, everybody stay safe. Keep your canteen cups full. And until we see you again, stay healthy. <laughs>